Welcome to episode eight of Joe Thomas's Film Room. I'm your host, Andrew Gribble. This week in the Film Room, Joe breaks down former Raven and now current Arizona Cardinal Terrell Suggs. The seven-time Pro Bowler and Super Bowl champ has over 132 sacks, seven interceptions, and 35 forced fumbles in a career that has also seen him torment Browns QBs, going 25-7 versus the Brown and Orange dating back to 2003. We hope you enjoy this week's film breakdown of Terrell Suggs. So in 2003, Joe, you're still you're just getting started at Wisconsin. Freshman year at Wisconsin. And Terrell Suggs is just getting started with the Baltimore Ravens. We're here in 2019. You've been retired now for a full year. Terrell Suggs is still going strong. What does it say to this guy that he's been in the NFL this long? It's just remarkable to think about what he's done in his career and how long he's been in Baltimore. I thought for sure when I was playing against him early on in my career that damn, this guy's good, but I'm not going to have to see him later on in my career because he's already three, four years in, and he'll retire, and then I'll have three or four years I get to play against Baltimore, and I get to have, sip my cup of coffee out there on the field, and I don't have to block this beast out there. Well, I can't believe he's still out there, and he's playing well. It's amazing. He's had two torn Achilles tendons, I think. Yeah, missed um, all of 2015, basically. Missed an entire season's, and... To be able to come back from an Achilles tendon is really tough because a lot of times you lose a lot of that explosiveness, you lose that quickness. But he was able to get it back, and at an old age is incredible. Yeah, I mean, seven sacks is still seven sacks. That's a, that's a really good season for anyone out there. And I, I'm just wondering, is you've talked about these great Ravens defenses, and they're still really good uh, on defense. We saw that firsthand this past season. But how key is the, the Suggs type in the, the overall Ravens defense on, on how necessary a player like him is for that? Well, the Ravens have always prided themselves on being able to get after the quarterback, to intimidate pa uh, passing teams, intimidate the quarterbacks. And he's been a guy that no matter if you line him up over the left tackle or the right tackle, he can get to the quarterback. He can hit your quarterback hard. And one thing that he doesn't get a lot of credit for, but that he's been fantastic at his entire career, is intimidating tight ends. I mean, he beats the crap out of tight ends in the run game. <laughs> A lot of times they'll put him over tight ends and he'll be able to completely eliminate him from the pass rush because he'll take him and basically just throw him right to the ground on the snap and eliminate them from getting down the field. Uh, in the run game, putting a tight end on him is nearly impossible. You're just asking yourself for a tackle for a loss because they can't handle him. He's so quick, he's so shifty and unpredictable that unless you're just a huge offensive lineman and you can kind of slowly and measuredly come off the football and get your hands on him and then drive him, you have almost no chance because of how quick he does play and how reactive he is. Now this has got to be one of the guys you face the most in your career, right? I, mean, it, I think this, so. Is this where you get a relationship with a guy and start understanding and knowing who each other is beyond football yeah, or anything I mean, like that? This is, this is the game where you go into it. You don't even really need to watch film because you yeah. know everything there is to know about him. You know him better than he knows himself because you're watching him on film so much. And there's a lot of crossover tape, too, because you're playing the same teams in the division. You're playing the same out-of-conference schedule as they are. Uh, so you see these guys all the time. And especially later on in the career, we knew what type of a, a dog day it was going to be when we played the Ravens. And he got the best of me, I got the best of him, and it was always a battle. Yeah, so he's, he's a wide-body guy. I, mean, I think that's the thing that stands out to him. I mean, what does he do that, that makes your life tough out there? 
Well, he, he's a very fast guy for the size. Uh, he's unpredictable. I think that's probably his best attribute is a lot of times pass rushers, you kind of know what you're going to get. You know what gap they have to maintain, and they're not really willing to jump out of their gap to try to make a play. And so you can kind of narrow down the field of possibilities on each play of what this guy's going to do. But with Suggs, he was not afraid to take those risks. He was not afraid to leave his gap to try to beat you. And he had the unique combination of unpredictability but with quickness. And he was super smart. Yeah. He knew the right moments in the game when to take that chance, when to leave his gap, to try to jump inside, to swim inside. And a lot of times it caused you as an offensive lineman to fall right on your face. Is there a particular matchup with him that you remember most or a game you remember most against the, the Ravens where maybe you got the best of him? Or is, there, or is there a game that stands out where he got the best of you more often? Well, the moment that always sticks out when I think about the Ravens is that stanchion game, the great yeah. game when Phil Dawson hits the stanchion, the ball bounces out, the refs initially say no field goal, Ravens think they win, they leave the field, the refs review it, realize the ball actually did go through, but then it bounced off that stanchion, which is the bar that holds the, the mm. field goal post up, and they called the Ravens out of the locker room, back onto <laughs> the field to play overtime, and we ended up winning in overtime. Um, but individually, from a, a matchup standpoint, there's not one game that just pops out of my head. The, the thing I just remember playing Suggs was just how every play was a grind. Every play, he was unpredictable. And at the end of every game, you were going to be really sore because he was a big physical guy that he was going to take his shots and he was going to come in and he was going to hit you. He was going to bull rush you. He was going to knock you down. He was going to sometimes hit you a little bit late. And it was going to be an all-day sucker. And then what is he doing in this, this period, which is clearly his prime? And what is what has he had to do to evolve right now? Yeah, well, I, I think what you see from most guys that are able to have these super long careers is they just become more savvy. They know when to pick and choose their moments. Uh, they don't have the speed around the edge like they used to. And so they have to make up for it with intelligence and savvy. But uh, you see here him, he's in his prime. You see how quickly he's able to head fake to the inside to try to get me to Where's turn he lined my up shoulders. There? He's like out of the screen. He is so wide on this play. <laughs> he's actually, we're on the right hash. He is outside of the left hash by at least a good yard. And what he's trying to do, he's trying to threaten you with his speed, with his alignment, make you think he's further up the field and wider than he really is, which a lot of times for a tackle gets you to quickly turn, open up, panic, and then that's going to open up him to make a quick inside move where what he does here is he lines up wide, threatens you up the field, and then he actually makes this head and shoulders jab to the inside to try to get you to stop your feet, to stop you from continuing to kick. And he almost gets me to cross over with that jab, but then what he's going to do is he's trying to get to your hands. He's going to try to throw that left arm up underneath my armpit like this, and then he's going to try to hold the back of my jersey and then pull me and pull himself past me, and then he's going to try to loop back downhill to the back of the quarterback for the sack. I'm able to maintain, even though I cross over my feet, I'm able to run with him and keep my balance on my inside leg. And you can see right here at the end, just a little bit, you can see how I actually have my right hand on his hip, which allows me to just control his body long enough to push him that requisite nine and a half, ten 10 yards deep past the quarterback so the quarterback has a safe pocket. 
Now, when you're lined up like that, he lines up all over the, the place. I mean, is is that pre preferable for you out there? Would you rather he do that every play, or is, is that one you don't like when he's coming that Honestly, far? Honestly, it makes it difficult on a tackle when somebody's so wide because as, a, as an offensive lineman, you, you kind of want everything in your body in balance, and I want to kind of see that player out of the corner of my eye when I line up in my stance. So when they line up on me, it's it's easy. You know, he... he has m fewer places where he can go, and you can see him. When he starts lining up that wide, you just have this tendency, now you gotta turn your head a little bit more, and it's human nature when you start turning your head, you're gonna start opening your shoulders up, and that's one of the cardinal sins for an offensive lineman is opening your shoulders to the sidelines, and so it becomes a, a challenging mental discipline game to make sure, even though he is lining up wide, keep my shoulders square to the line of scrimmage, don't open up quickly. Don't get threatened with his width. Don't panic that he is lining up that wide. Uh, but he makes it hard. Now, is that something he would likely do more often than not if, if, if you were uh, 20 pounds heavier and a little bit slower and maybe out there just to, to run block? I'm sure that he's going to line up in different places um, depending on the scouting report of who he's going against. But if you look to the sideline copy here, actually the reason he is where he is is because the Ravens right now are trying to disguise their coverage. So we have uh, two receivers here to the bottom of the screen, and Suggs actually has walked out over that receiver to try to give the look like maybe it's some type of zone coverage where he's going to drop into coverage in that flat area. Uh, he could potentially be covering Lawrence Vickers, who's sort of in a, a near split slot formation here. And it's not until a little bit later in the snap where you start to see the safeties kind of matriculating towards this two-receiver side, which gives Suggs the ability to now be the pass rusher. So rather than sliding all the way in there and giving away that he's rushing the passer, he's going to try to give the impression to the offense that maybe he's in coverage so that when he does rush, maybe he's unaccounted for. Now, how much, I mean, he's obviously a great player headed to the Hall of Fame, but how much of his success can you attribute to the Ravens' defense, or how much is he the reason that they're so successful? I mean, how, how do they work hand-in-hand? Hand? Well, I think he's a big reason why the Ravens have had such a great defense. I would say no percentage of his great career is because of the situation he was put into. You know, you yeah. can say that a lot about quarterbacks. Ah, he's a system quarterback. He got with the right coach. He got with a winning team, things like that. With Suggs, He's a great player no matter what team you put him on. You can put him on any one of the other 31 teams. He's going to be one of their best pass rushers no matter who they have. And he's going to be an impactful player, and they'll find a place for him because he's big and strong, so he can hold up against the run. He can beat up tight ends in the run game. He can beat up tight ends in the passing game, which is something the Patriots love to do. Mm -hmm. They love to knock those receivers down at the line of scrimmage within five yards of the line of scrimmage, which is legal in the NFL. But he also is great at rushing the passer because he's strong, He's fast, he's quick, and he's smart. Yeah. You can find a place on any team for a guy like that. This is a, a weird question, but what, what stands out about a pass rusher that is smart? I, I want to know, because you, you say that about some of these great ones that you mentioned. I mean, what, what, what can you tell, what separates the smart pass rushers from the, the not-so-smart pass rushers? Yeah, we'll go with not-so-smart. It's a little yeah. nicer, but <laughs> the, the smart pass rushers, by and large, the one defining factor is they know when to pull out their best move mm -hmm. at the most opportune time in the game. Like we talked about previously with Dwight Freeney. Dwight Freeney was going to save that best spin move of the game 
for the moment the game was on the line. We used to call when Eric Mangini was our coach. It was the gotta have it moment. It was that third and three with the game on the line. It was your last possession. You need to convert to keep the drive alive to go score that touchdown. It was that two-point conversion that you needed to score to tie the game to take it into overtime. Whatever those gotta have it moments were, that's when those players were pulling out their best move. And a lot of times they were setting it up earlier on in the game with like Dwight Freeney, he was rushing up the field, or he was bull rushing you over and over and over, trying to lull you to sleep, setting that best move up with the perfect counter move. So it's almost like a pitcher setting up a batter with a exactly. pitch I, later in the game. I am not a baseball savant at <laughs> all, but it's exactly the same thing. You're giving him whatever that look is over and over again, and you're lulling him to sleep, and at that big moment, that 3-2 count, you're going to throw him that stuff that looks just the same, but all of a sudden it changes and he has no chance. So the not-so-smart pass rushers, do they just do the same thing every time? Or yep. this? <laughs> they do the same thing no matter what. No matter who they're playing against, they're going to do whatever their moves are that they've been practicing that week, let's say. Yeah. Rather than looking at an offensive tackle and saying, well, the scouting report says he's big and slow, so I'm going to try to use my quickness and beat him with some of these things I've seen on film that he doesn't do a very good job of. Or, you know, he's a good athlete, but he's not a, a, a big, strong guy, so I'm going to try to threaten him with some speed, and then when he's not expecting it, I'm just going to run him over for five plays in a row, and I'm going to try to wear him down. It's that game within the game that these smart guys use, and the dumb ones, they don't do it. They just give you the same thing every week, and so, I love those guys. They made my job real easy. So would it bother you more if one of those guys got beat you on a play than, would it, when for it, sure. than a Suggs? Yeah, would? because of an expectation, you know. We had the Dwight Freeney one on, and I gave up a sack fumble. And after that game, I thought to myself, honestly, I did as well as I possibly could mm -hmm. have against this player. He's the best pass rusher in the NFL right now. I graded out over 90%. I did a great job. Now, it just so happened that his best play was at the worst point in the game because it was a sack fumble that ended up winning the game for him. Um, but I wouldn't have done anything differently. He just beat me because he was better than me at that play. It wasn't because I let my guard down. It wasn't because I was unprepared. I did everything I possibly could. Whereas if you're playing against a guy that's a stiff or that is not as smart <laughs> and he beats you, that's going to bug you because usually that's something you did. It wasn't anything he did. Yeah, so we can go through more film here with Suggs and just like the different kind of moves that, that he's putting you through the ringer here in this game right here. Yeah, he's another one of these guys that has a lot of different pass rush moves. Um, but not as defined. He was more of a feel-based pass rusher where he wanted to get into your body and use some of his strength. Now, granted, he was trying to run off the ball as fast as he could to put you in a bad position and get you off balance. But once he made contact with you, it was almost like a wrestler where he didn't predetermine what move he was going to use, but he was going to feel where your body weight was and he was going to try to push, pull, jerk you in any direction where he felt like you were out of balance. Yeah, so it, it, in, this, in that move right there, it seemed like you, you were fine with whatever he was doing there. So this is, this is one of the moves you saw a lot where he would give the head and shoulders jab inside, try to get you to stop your feet, and then a lot of times he would swim or he would hand wipe. This is a swim from him to try to work back up the field. So now what he's trying to do is he's trying to, as a tackle, you're kicking back, stop your feet. So now you've stopped in place. He's still moving forward, though. Now you have to restart your feet and catch back up to him. So a, a big guy, a guy that's not a great athlete, is going to have a hard time with that go, stop, go again. And so what he's trying to do is 
keep his speed in the pass rush, make you stop your feet, and then make you try to restart with a pass rush move where he's going to knock your hands down, get you a little bit more off balance, and then try to run around the hoop and get to the quarterback from the backside. Especially early on in my career, I was a good enough athlete where I could stop and start very quickly. I could go from full speed in my kick slide to stopping to back to full speed in a very short amount of time. Now, how different were these matchups, say, in 2007 compared to when you guys were both kind of in the early parts of your career, prime career? Then what was it like back in, say, 2017? I would say there was a lot more anxiety and panic early on <laughs> in my career because I didn't know him quite as well, and I don't think I had as much confidence in who I was as a player. And so every play when it was over and I blocked him, it was like, Whew, all right, I got him. I, I was able to escape that play. Whereas later on in my career, I was feeling much more confident in my ability. And I knew as long as I was very focused and disciplined on every play, for the most part, unless something catastrophic happened that was unaccounted for, whether the quarterback got the ball snapped too early or there was a communication issue or they just threw some defense at us that I had never seen. Um, I knew I was going to be able to handle my business against him. Like in, in this clip we're watching right now, I'm a little bit late off the ball. I'm not exactly sure why. Most people would say, oh, you're pretty well timed. But later on in my career, if I was not moving at the exact moment that the ball was snapped, I felt like I was late off the mm -hmm. ball. And in this case, you can see Hank Fraley is just starting to move the ball right there. And my hand is still on the ground. I haven't moved yet. I need to be moving at the exact second that you press that clicker and that ball starts to move. And you can see Suggs has just started moving and I have yet to move. So he has already gotten a jump on me, which puts me in a bad position. Now I have to quickly jump out of my stance, cross over and just kind of hope and pray that the ball gets thrown really quickly. I think the most the, the claim to fame that Suggs might have here is he's, he's helped make a lot of guys a lot of money elsewhere. Has he not? I mean, like, what? What? No how much does his role help that other Ravens pass rusher on the other side that it seems like they cycle through those guys every four years, they let them go somewhere else, and they just plug someone else in on the other side? Well, a lot of times we hear about the benefit of playing with another big pass rusher. This past offseason, Aaron Donald got his buddy and Dominican Sue as a defensive tackle, and everybody talked about how great that was going to be for him because it would free up one of those guys. Obviously, nobody on earth is going to leave Aaron Donald one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. So now Sue is going to get those one-on-one -on -one pass rushes. A lot of times that when you're a pass rusher and there's pressure on the other side of the line of scrimmage, um, on the other side of the football from the, your other defensive end, that's going to make the quarterback move in the pocket. And a lot of times that's what makes him vulnerable because that's how a lot of times you get those sacks as, as a defensive lineman. You're not just beating your man and sacking the quarterback that's standing in the pocket. That's hard to do in two and a half seconds, which is the average time the ball gets thrown. What you're seeing is there's some pressure. The quarterback has to run, has to start scrambling. And the hustle, the collective hustle from the defensive line is one of those guys is going to get the sack. And so more times than not, Suggs was beating his man, causing that quarterback to start to scramble. And lo and behold, there was another guy, a lucky, fortunate defensive end on the other side, who was falling on that quarterback, getting the sack, getting the credit, getting the name in the paper. And the Ravens were smart enough not to re-sign those guys, and, but to let them go because they knew that a lot of that was the defense, but a lot of that was Suggs. I mean, are they going to have to drag this guy off the field at some point? I mean, it just Man, knowing his mentality, I mean, how do you... Absolutely. Yeah. He's a guy that just, especially at this point in his career, he is probably loving every day that he walks in that building. 
he knows exactly what his role is. He knows what his job is. He's a situational guy now. He's probably getting 20, 25 plays a game. So he's feeling relatively fresh for a 36-year-old. Um, it's a great job. And as long as his body's feeling good, I'm sure he's going to want to keep playing. I know. He outlasted you on the field uh, years-wise. Mm. But I think he probably was across from you in Baltimore week 2, 2017, when you got that 10,000th straight snap. I mean, he wasn't able to do that out there. I mean, what, what, do, you, do you remember if he, he was out there? He will not have a 10,000 snap streak, so I got that on him. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy about that. I remember the 10,000th snap was a run play to the right with Isaiah Crowell. And so I had a combination block, um, I think with my left guard. And I wasn't even blocking Suggs on that play. But I wonder if he knew that was 10,000. Yeah, they should, maybe they should have let him know. I, I think yeah, he should have told him. It, it's a nice little bit matchup between. I mean, when you're thinking ASC North, we're talking about the, the early, the 2010 block, the 2005-2015, the Joe Thomas versus... Suggs matchup. I mean, that's the division, right? There. It was a great, great rivalry. I think of two guys when I think of my career in the AFC North, James Harrison, Terrell Suggs. And can you quickly, though, compare what, how different were those two guys? Couldn't be any more different. James yeah. Harrison, <laughs> 5'9", 250. Suggs was 6'4", 265. Played all over the field, dropping into coverage. Quickness, side to side, lateral speed. He could do all those things. James Harrison, bull in the china shop. He was going to bull rush you. He was going to rip up field. He basically had two moves, and that was it. But he was going to do them really hard. For game planning purposes, was there one you'd prefer facing over the other one? Not really. They were both going to be a challenge. I think playing the Steelers, they were a much more disciplined, gap sound defense. So you kind of knew what to expect a little bit more for them. They were really good at what they did. But the Ravens were much more willing to take chances. They were willing to give up something to try to put two men in one gap, to blitz, overload from one side, to leave areas of the field wide open to try to take that risk, to make a big play. And as an offensive lineman, that was more difficult to prepare for because you didn't really know what to expect as much. It wasn't just about technique and playing hard and giving that effort. A lot of times you just had to hope they didn't throw something crazy at you that was going to work. If you've missed any of our episodes, log on to clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, join us as Joe breaks down Jared Allen and Julius Peppers. For Joe Thomas, I'm Andrew Gribble. Thanks for listening.